Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the GELSNET podcast, hosted by myself, Craig Gray, joined here today uh, by Stuart Williams. Stuart, how are you doing on this uh, wonderful Friday? Well, you mentioned wonderful Fridays. I can think of a hell of a lot of other things I might be doing on a Friday night, so maybe it's not that wonderful, but uh, I do jest. Always good to be in your company. No, absolutely, and this is the first time that I've been on with Stuart, so... Um, Hopefully, we're all in for a good night tonight. Uh, just before we go, just a wee bit of promotion of the, the podcast. Of course, you can get us over at www.gelsnet.co.uk. And just a word from one of our sponsors, uh, and that is the Coins, the official Rangers Club coin copy. And it's a good wee coin. Each coin has a unique serial number engraved in the outer rim, and it comes complete with a Rangers presentation box and certificate of authenticity. And you can join Rangers legends and famous Rangers fans like Alan McCoy, Derek Johnson, Malvin Andrews, Tom Stoltman, Gordon Ramsay, just to name a few, to get the official Rangers Club coin. You can also get 10% off your purchase by using the code GM10. Um, as well, so if you want to save a wee bit of money, head over there um, and save on that club coin. So, as I say, it's a big night, a big week ahead, but a big day ahead tomorrow as well. Um, it's the old firm derby. So, first things first, we need to speak about obviously uh, the transfer window and uh, the action on deadline day, or should I say, the lack of action. Stuart, there was no new signs that came in after the Champions League money. Do you think that this squad's good enough to challenge in all four fronts this season? Uh, I was severely chastised uh, yesterday when uh, on Twitter uh, I posted up a tweet about uh, Rangers transfer activity uh, and likened it to uh, Diet Coke, Coke Zero, Tab and something else. Basically, all of the the brands that Coca-Cola produce that don't have any sugar in it, and I think that I think the fans were looking for some sugar. If you if you see what I'm saying after last season, uh, and the amount of money that Rangers um, supposedly earned. Now I know there's other stories we'll be doing the rounds, and they might become a wee bit more relevant over the coming days in terms of uh, Rangers and financial fair play. Um, if if it was a case that that was going to be a factor in the transfer window, then. I think maybe Rangers were duty-bound to actually explain that to the fans, and I think the fans would have been understanding at that. Um, personally, I think some of the signings, you know, uh, to, to my mind, have been really good signings. Uh, I think, you know, Kolach, I think um, Lawrence have been, have been great additions um, this far. Tillman looks a real player. Um, and who knows how that might pan out uh, during the in, in the future? One or two other guys have started to make a mark um, in the terms of the squad and in terms of how they're utilised. But I think um, you know if you if you take say for instance the midfield and the centre midfielders. Now I know Arfield can maybe drop back and fill a role there. But you're talking about Kamara, Lundstrom, Jack Davis, and McCann. And I think, personally, I think that's a bit lightweight to try and see you through um, a, an entire season on what is, at this point in time, you know, four fronts, two major ones being the league and the Champions League. But, you you know, suspensions and the likes, injuries, you name it, you start to then 
get down to playing the same dozen or, or 15 guys week in, week out. And that takes its toll as well. It's great having a start in a living that you can say these guys pick themselves. Ultimately, though, these guys will stop picking themselves if you pick up any injuries or suspensions. And and in today's game, it's now impossible for you to be a centre midfield player or defensive midfield player in the Scottish Premier League and not eventually pick up a suspension at some point in time, given how uh, yellow cards and even red cards are tossed around. Mm-hmm. No, I think you make a good few points there. I think in, in terms of the transfers, I, I do think the fans were, were crying out for someone. I said a couple of weeks ago, I thought of a number eight player, um, a guy that can get up and defend as well. Um, the only thing is, it's kind of, we're, we're caught in two minds, you know, we, we have Gio in the press conference, saying that he's happy with the squad, he likes the players that he's got, he doesn't feel that we need to um, bring in anyone else. But then obviously, you've got the whole well, is he, is he saying that, is he being honest? The thing is, we, we don't know, we can obviously only take him at his word. And that, that's something as well, you know, that, I think maybe the, as you said earlier, if, if the board maybe came out and said, you know, we can't spend money for this reason or that reason or other, as you say, I think the fans would have understood. And I think that that's something as well, the, the sort of communication and possibly being in touch or, or out of touch with the supporters. I mean, well, this board and, and the whole have done a great job. I think they'll need to appreciate that since they came in in um, you know, 2015. The regime changed, obviously. Um, up to the current board of well, we're making you know record revenue in terms of commercial record money in terms of player sales, um, and now you know we've basically had two Champions League pots ago because if you look at last year the Europa League run was essentially Champions League level money, and now we've obviously got this year with the Champions League level money. So you know I, I think it is disappointing that we never got the player that I thought we were crying out for at least. I was thinking maybe even just one player, you know, just to sort of lift the mood a wee bit, like even a loan or um, or a free transfer or something like that, you know, because I, it would have given the place a mood, a mood rise. I mean, if you look at sort of when Ramsey came in, and this is possibly the worst actual example to use, but considering what happened at Celtic Park a couple of days after, but it gave everyone a real a real boost around the mm-hmm. club and, you know, everyone seemed to be, be enjoying it. I mean... What, the, what I mean the Bartley, the Bartley story. I mean that was <laughs> that was a non-starter from day one, and and given some of the signings that Rangers have made, supposedly you know, uh, marquee. Although it's more like a, a a a sort of tent you might buy out of Argos rather than a marquee. But some of the big names like you 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 know Joey Barton, Cranchar, Senderos. I mean, some of these guys are coming in with a reputation and a big name in what they've done previously and completely and utterly bombed. And I would have to say the Ramsey scenario was one, and given the fact that, that Bartley has been indifferent at best at Chelsea, that was one that kind of filled me ever so slightly with like fear and trepidation that me, he might suddenly rock up. But just, just to, just to um, you know... Look at the striker position. You've got Kolak, you've got Morelos, and you've got Roof. That's three guys that could play that position. Out of that, who knows where Roof is at? Who knows where Morelos is at, to be perfectly honest? So you've got one guy who's, you know, fortunate enough for Rangers scoring goals just now. That's not the kind of depth that you require in that position, I would say, especially given how, 
volatile um, Morelos is temperamental-wise and, and also Roof is maybe injury-wise. I think you need more cover. And it's fine saying, oh, you can play with a false nine or you can push somebody else into that role. Can you really? I think, you know, I think we've seen, you know, likes of Wright and Sakala being utilised as a, as a striker at times. And it just hasn't worked. So I'd have thought that position centre midfield, they they were they were looking for not mega buys by any means, but, but people that would actually have had you sitting up taking notice that it was another new face that was arriving. You know, in centre centre midfield, attacking midfield, Tillman has done really well. Lawrence has, has made a great start as well. Arfield given his age and he's been utilised like, almost like a kind of bit part player at times, but he's always delivered. Hadji, uh, Lowry, those guys, we need to wait and see what the next couple of weeks and months are going to bring for these guys. So again, there are the, the, the sort of forward spine of the team, I think, is just a wee bit light. Mm-hmm. No, no, I can certainly see where you're coming from. I mean, in terms of uh, the strikers and sort of updates, I think Gio said earlier that Ruth was sort of back in light trading and said he was not far away but again like you said this should be with us what does not far away mean um, like we don't know Morelos you know obviously those issues have came back up although conversely you would maybe say that they weren't there for a couple of years so maybe now well, he needs to he needs to sort of crack on now certainly for, for the it next does, but I, I think he I think he knows that and if mm-hmm. Joe's doing his job he, he'll have impressed that one as well mm-hmm no, I, I, I do completely agree with you on that one. Um, in terms of moving forward then, obviously we had the, the game against Queen of the South midweek. wasn't an inspired performance by any means, but it was kind of job done throughout the next round. Um, in terms of performances, though, and this is sort of cutting in as well into the transfers, thought a lot of the young players done well, uh, more so uh, your McCanns and Kings. Do you think that perhaps the reason that Gio didn't look to go further into the transfer market is because he's looking at your Kings and your McCanns and your Lowry's and thinking, well, they're going to be my, my sort of squad players or backup going forward. I think I think they have to look that way. Um, and, and again, you know, historically Rangers have done well bringing through the, the you know, some of their own. Um, I think on, you know, midweek against Queen of the South, it was it was job done. Took them a wee while, maybe. Um, maybe, you know, losing the goal um, uh, losing an equaliser um, kind of stymied things a wee bit but ultimately they came good um, the, only, the only question I would have the only question I would have said about that team or the selection of that team was that um, the selection in goal I thought McCrory might have been worthy of a start given it's a fact that the game's at Ibrooks in front of a television audience as well I thought maybe he'd have been worthy of a start you know what McGregor can do um and and that that was that the only kind of change I would really contemplate or or make. Mm-hmm. No, I think um, I think that McCrory, to be honest, I, I just don't think that Gio fancies him. I mean, it seems like a few. Well, Gerard obviously. Listen, when you've got Alan McGregor there in the form that he's in, you know McCrory's never going to get a look in, is he? Um, and mm-hmm. he did reasonably well when he went out and loaned to the likes of Livingston and, and whatnot. But I just think now, obviously, this was probably going to be his big big opportunity. Um, and I, I just think the manager doesn't fancy him. Um, I think in terms of the goalkeeper, I think we're we're okay right now for goalkeepers. I think we'll 
you know, it's at a point where, like, we're fine. It's not a disaster, but it's not amazing. And I think next summer we'll probably look to look to invest. I mean, in, in terms of, obviously, we touched earlier about um, the board and stuff like that. Um, there's been a few issues this week. Um, obviously, the, the ticket prices were released for the Champions League games, which I thought were far too expensive. And I think after that, a lot of the supporters were expecting, you know, big names coming forward and... You know, I was just thinking about reading the room terms that because on deadline day yesterday we had whilst Rangers weren't doing anything in terms of players coming in, we were having money being taken out of bank accounts for the most amount of money um, that you could have been charged for per UEFA rules for the, the Champions League group stage games. And I think there's maybe been a few times that the board have maybe, you know, just kind of read the room on a few things. I mean, we had obviously the, the Australia-friendly debacle last year where they actually came out and explained why they were doing it. And that's kind of like yourself, which, like you were saying earlier, it's like, you know, if I'm not going to make any more signings, if there is a reason behind that that's a financial reason, that's fine. Just just come out and say it. Do you, do you think that, that that aspect of the communication could be better, Stuart? I think, I think it could be. There's a bit of a that says that Rangers have strived to get to the Champions League and if you thought that Rangers or the the the, the board at Ibrox were going to ask for anything other than top dollar, dollar for these tickets, given the importance of this and given the fact that you strive to reach the Champions League to earn 40 million quid, they were going to cash in on this. You know, those figures are set by UEFA and Rangers have basically said, right, that's what UEFA says, we'll just go with it. And there's a bit of me that agrees with people that says they're a bit steep. There's another bit of me sort of sitting in the fence um, ever so slightly that says, it is what it is. If you want to see your team in the Champions League, you would pay that. You, you cannot complain about facing Annan and, you know, and our growth and anybody else, you know, 10 years ago, and suddenly have a complaint about being back in the Champions League and what you're asked to pay. Mm-hmm. No, that, that is a fair point now. So, just then, before we move on to the game tomorrow, uh, just another quick message from our sponsors, and that's Forest Precision Engineering. They're a subcontract to Glasgow-based engineering company, and they've been a big com- uh, commercial supporter of Rangers for years. And we're absolutely delighted that they're backing a podcast over at Forest Precision Eng.com. And you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge at Ibrox. It's a stunning new hospitality area within the main stand. And for more information on how to book this unique and intimate space, you can email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. And just once again, I thank you to the listeners for um, watching us live. Obviously, just to remind you, you can get us on all your regular uh, podcast providers, such as Google Podcasts, iTunes and Spotify. So, that's out of the way. We've obviously got the, the big game tomorrow. Um, how are you feeling going into it, Stuart? Do you think that this is a, a game where the Rangers can take the three points? Do you think that that's the aim? I was trying to talk up how many old firm games um, I'd, I'd actually been to. Um, and it was actually quite frightening. Uh, either, you know, and and that was just professionally. So it was, I know that old it's... Uh, you'd be surprised. I don't think. Um, I don't think it's, it's a game that, if you look at the two managers, in effect, they've tried to play it down a bit. It's the first game. It's the first old firm game, and there's a long way to go after this. 
what I will say is that a Rangers victory will put them on top, give them bragging rights. A defeat would see them a sizable distance already behind the the reigning champions. And that is one that you would think might even, I, I dare say, it, it might even be uns, uh, insurmountable even at this early stage, simply because you, you do not want to be giving this Celtic team any advantage whatsoever. So there's a lot riding on this game. Uh, you know, I think if, if Rangers play the way they can play and don't get caught up in the atmosphere, which is very, very difficult given some of the guys that will be making a, 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 their first appearance or debut in this game, I think Rangers have the game plan and the style to actually take three points. Um, what I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will have already pressed home probably every single day this week and maybe even twice on a Friday is that Rangers cannot set out or start the same way they did earlier on in the year when guys just switched off. They were not at the races and they were they were three nothing down before they even laid a glove in Celtic. And you know, they made changes and they 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 didn't lose the second half either. But the fact of the matter was the game was was long gone. And psychologically I, 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 you would hope or Rangers fans would hope that the players that were involved that night have not forgot what that feeling is like because again the def- uh, you know a, a loss on Saturday would mean a five point deficit and that that takes a bit of clawing back especially given your arch rivals and biggest opponents and you know for the for the title I have shown no sign of even stuttering or stammering at this point in time. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I completely agree when you say I, I don't think we can lose tomorrow. Um, I, I think it's definitely a must-not-lose game. I think we can get the three points. There's no reason why we can't. I think um, you've, you've obviously touched on that game in February, um, and I think lessons have been learned from that. I think if you, know, if you look at the second half, all right, it was still 3-0 in the first half. The second half was a lot better. And there's been three old firm games since then. Obviously, the 2-1 defeat at Ibrox, the 2-1 win at Hamden and the semi-final of the Scottish Cup and then the one each game at Celtic Park. And in my opinion, Rangers were the better team in all three of those games. Um, obviously, Celtic got the result at the game at Ibrox, but Rangers started that game the complete opposite to what they started the game in the February. Um I think tactically it's going to be very, very interesting because I think Gio's the type of person, and he's kind of admitted it himself, um, he likes to get a look at the opposition first. I think that's why we've done so well in two-legged European ties, more so in the second leg, because in the first leg, he sees what the opponent's all about, he can analyse them, he knows what they're going to do, and then by the time the second leg comes around, you know that's when you're going for the kill. Slightly different here because obviously it's a one game, however, what you would say to that is, Celtic are probably going to play the same team that played that game on the 2nd of February. I think it, it probably will be um, the same team to a T. Certainly none of the new signings are going to start for me tomorrow for Celtic. And they've not changed the way that they've played. So to me, if I was Gio, I would be looking and saying, look at what you've done the last three games out of four since, since he's came in. Play that way. 
and and try and stifle them. I, I do think with Celtic that you know they're obviously sweeping sides away, but I don't think they've had a proper test this season. They've played Aberdeen and Hearts at home. I mean, we all know what Aberdeen are like against Celtic. Hearts had a couple of half chances, but to me, it seems with a Celtic team as good as they are domestically. When they come up against a team that's either on the same level as them in terms of quality, and I think Rangers and Celtic now are pretty, pretty equal in terms of actual player individual quality. I don't think there's much separating. I think when they come up against a team that's of a similar quality or higher, most of the time they get beat. And I think that their style of play is suited for when maybe when you're playing your Dundee United, your Kilmarnocks but maybe isn't suited to playing Rangers all the time. And that's why last year it was two wins for Celtic, two wins for Rangers and one draw. It wasn't, you know, Celtic battered Rangers in 45 minutes. You know, the way that people have been going on about their Celtic team, you would think that that's happened the whole time. Um, and I think the way that Rangers should approach us is exactly how they approached the game in Eindhoven last week. Um, I would play the exact same team. Obviously, Lawrence isn't there. So Scott Wright will probably come in for that. Um, and I think that's what we should do. What, what would you do in terms of the, the start of them? Would you go with that or would you maybe think of something else? No, I think I think, um, I, I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will know what you, his preferred lineup is. I think the thing he will impress, as I mentioned a minute ago, is that Rangers cannot afford to switch off or not match Celtic. Um, and the pace that Celtic set, or the the you know the focus or determination or whatever it might be, is they have got to go totally to with Celtic, even to to stand a chance in the game. Um, and I know you're, what you're saying about Celtic against other opponents, but you you don't want to be giving them a chance. They have started the season exceptionally well, and um, I, you know. I think I think the, the biggest thing for Rangers is that they come out of the game with with something and not just their pride intact. I think they have to take something from this game just to keep that that you know that points deficit manageable because you start putting yourself under real pressure then, regardless of how early or late it is in the season. Um some big some players I, I think are, are due a big game. I think, you know. Uh, I, I think Rangers fans are well aware of the guys that they're looking to turn in a performance, the guys that they, they're looking to say, oh, this guy could be the difference between the two sides. But equally, I think even one of the newcomers, I think, you know, Trollach is a, the, the, the kind of guy who seems to, seems to find a great ease in scoring goals, whether it's you know, semi-spectacular or tap-ins, he seems to be there at the right time in the right place. Um, and that is something that Rangers are benefiting from just now. Again, getting back to the, the point I made, that he is the, the really the only fit, totally fit and ready striker that they have. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we can get a couple of goals tomorrow and you certainly wouldn't be complaining if it was Cholak that scored them. Uh, just before we wrap up then, because I know Stuart needs to, needs to check out early, um, uh, just to give you an update into our football prizes, our weekly competition, you can check the Twitter for this week's item at Gelsnet Online, which I believe is a signed Stephen Davis shirt. So that's a great prize to get involved in and I probably will be entering that myself. 
um, because that's <laughs> that's a pretty good prize. So, Stuart, thanks very much for um, for coming on tonight and giving us your time. Guys, thank again, thank you again for, for watching and tuning in on your Friday night. I know it takes a lot out of people to come and watch us on a Friday um, when you could be doing other things, as Stuart said earlier, but thanks very much and hopefully we can get the result tomorrow. And um, We will be back um, on Sunday after the game and I'll be calling hosting it with Scott and Doogie to review the game tomorrow. Um, and just another reminder, you can visit us at Gelsnet online and at www.gelsnet.co.uk. So Stuart, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Thanks very much to the listeners at home and let's hope we can get the three points tomorrow. I've been Craig Great. Bye for now.